0: Views expressed by Caster's Guild members are only the opinions of that member, and that could change from day to day. Guild members may use mature language, but that in no way means they are mature. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Spotify gives us reasons to love a streaming service, Pokemon has to pull some promo cards for safety reasons, and the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard finally goes through. That's the spell we're casting tonight on Caster's Guild. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Caster's Guild. I'm your Guildmaster, Rick Perry, a whore who's good at math, a.k.a. the thought that counts.
0: And I am your Guildmaster, Baron Kane, a whore. (laughs) I can't.
1: (laughs) I was waiting for you to say, like, the whore who goes to church, a.k.a. thoughts and prayers. (laughs) I, I had I had two choices. Uh-huh.
0: That or just kinda of trying to come come up with something on the fly.
1: Right. You know how I am. <laughs> that, so. No. No, what you did was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. Both of us have had some busy things going in our lives. I officiated a wedding. Nice. It was very nice. I like it uh pretty well um i was nervous it was my first time ever officiating wedding but i feel like it went really well i got a lot of compliments on it afterwards but if nothing else i just wish the best marriage to the happy couple
0: indeed as we all should yeah i've been uh not as lucky i am exhausted (laughs) and uh yeah moving the uh moving at least my wing of the guild to a uh, another city entirely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. priced. Maybe we'll be able to pull a tired rant out of you this episode.
0: Oh. Uh, that never happens.
1: <laughs> Alright. So, going into our topics to cover, let's start with what could possibly be some good news. I know... Because looking at our analytics, I can tell quite a few of you listen to us on Spotify. If you happen to have Spotify Premium, they are adding over 150,000 audiobooks to Spotify Premium. And I know you've been indulging in audiobooks more often, Baron. Yes. So just another way to access those audiobooks. Indeed. And Spotify being kind enough to host our podcast. I have no problem telling people, hey, go check out Spotify Premium and maybe get some really cool audiobooks. Yeah.
0: I mean, in my opinion, it's already already worth it to, you know, get rid of the commercials. Right. But they're also kind of offering you one subscription. You can have two people on it. So that's cool. And Mm -hmm. then now the audiobooks, it's, I don't know, seems like a good deal to me.
1: It's kind of refreshing but, uh, uh, amidst all these other streaming services. And I don't know if you can compare Spotify to Netflix and Disney plus, but like, it's kind I of refreshing. It may not be viable, but <laughs> it's kind of refreshing to see a streaming service, not doing a price hike and instead adding more features and not cracking down on password sharing and just kind of yeah, I, trying I, to I, be I, a better service overall.
0: I would hate the pirate, uh, audio books Get ridiculous! <laughs> I can only pirate so many
1: things. Yeah, you, the ship gets full after mm-hmm. anyone who's ever played Sea of Thieves can tell you your ship can only hold so much.
0: I love that game. I love that game, but you need people to play that game. yes and it's frustrating. I wish I could play it by myself because I can't. I can't be relied on to be on a schedule. I can't. Right, and to game with people, you need to be able to be on a schedule.
1: I was actually Russia. talking to a friend of mine just this week. Uh, he was saying he wanted to get into Sea of Thieves. And I was like, it's a great game, but only when you have other people. Because, you know, running a ship by yourself is just anxiety inducing. But it's
0: great. I love it. For so on the uh, Spotify thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a thing going around Facebook. If you're on our Discord, why don't you hop into Discord? Tell me after you go to Spotify and search for your day list. Post the title that they gave you. Mine is Charming Mysterious Evening.
1: Which it, it just fits you, I think. I think so. I would do that, but I don't I don't use Spotify for music. <laughs> I listen <laughs> well, to all my should, podcasts should, on Spotify. You should try it anyways, just it, since you don't use it for music, just wonder just what they would give see you. See what happens. You know what? I'll do I'll do it mm-hmm. right now and say it on the podcast right now. So I go to Spotify and I just go to search yep and put in
0: day list not night list day list
1: day list oh my god Okay. okay so this actually fits because I have listened to some music on Spotify and it's called swing music trumpet music for this moment
0: oh okay okay that's that's a name
1: yeah I exclusively have listened to electronic swing on Spotify because they've had some good playlists for electronic swing. And I happen to like electronic swing music. Judge me. I don't care.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> By the way, Nighttime Mix does not have a name. Neither does Goblin Core Mix. Okay. Bourbon and Brews Nightlist, though. That sounds
1: cool. I feel that like a Goblin Core is, is enough of a name that you don't need a name for that list. That's fair. I had debated actually talking about this on the podcast or not, but like since we're here, a bunch of the voice actors for the characters of Boulder Gates Three decide to make playlists for the characters that they play in Boulder's Gate Three. Oh,
0: okay. I I like the involvement that these actors are taking in their characters. Agreed. Because they've been posting a lot. Of, well, the Astarian actors doing a lot of cameos.
1: Yes. And one of my favorite things to come out of all of this is Goostarian, which basically the voice actor was doing an interview and somebody asked like, which of your characters would make, would be best as a goose. And he was like a starian. Okay. And so, yeah, like, fuck. He's not wrong. <laughs> so like Goostarian is something that kind of took off on TikTok for a little while. <laughs> wow. Okay. So looking at some of these playlists, uh, Neil Newbin, who is the actor, voice actor for Astarian, it looks like his playlist doesn't have a title. Um, like it's literally blank where the title should be. But it's nine hours and 51 minutes long. So I can't go over all of the songs that are on it. But it's got songs like People Are Strange by The Doors, The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Let's see. Blue Moon by Billy Holiday, Back Door Man by The Doors. It's it's got a lot of cool stuff on it, so you can you can check out that playlist. Then the voice actor for Carlac has a playlist just called Carlac and it's got songs like Somewhat Damaged by Nine Inch Nails, Ace of Spades by Motorhead, Firestarter by The Prodigy, Get Off by Prince. Voice actor for Gale of Waterdeep Put one together that's got songs like don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult the magic position by patrick wolf that was my nickname in high school <laughs> i was waiting for it
0: <laughs> i was waiting for the perfect one
1: and last but not least fraser blackslind the voice of damon who spoilers i guess he plays the tiefling blacksmith who helps carlac with her infernal engine issues um, didn't make a playlist for his character, but rather made a playlist dedicated for the ship between Damon and Carlac, called Damon's Heart Forge Music.
0: Uh-oh. I was really hoping that that character would be a thing, like more than what he was when you first meet him. Right. <clears throat> I haven't gone very far into it, but I really liked his character for like the brief minute that I was talking to him.
1: And it's uh, it's got music, it's got songs like Just the Way You Are by Barry White, Endless Love by Lionel Richie, Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, The Girl is Damn. Mine with Paul McCartney by Michael Jackson. So yeah, it's it's a down bad playlist for sure. Oh yeah. Which from what I understand, everyone who's a fan of Carlack is down bad anyway.
0: Well, she's such a sweetie and, you know, yeah. aesthetically pleasing.
1: <laughs> that's one way to put it
0: <laughs> and and again no no big spoiler but awfully meta at a certain point so
1: right, All right i have no idea how to segue but uh microsoft Do we have like a muscle
0: mommy thing to go okay go ahead.
1: <laughs> microsoft finally finished its deal with activision and now owns activision blizzard
0: Oh no, oh my god Weren't they just having problems? Like, Microsoft is like Laying people off and I think you're
1: thinking of Epic and Bioware Microsoft probably, might have been part yeah. of that too But that's yeah. what we were talking about Episode was uh, That's what we were talking about last episode was Epic And laying a bunch of people off
0: I knew that I could, I could just be making it up I probably had a dream of the downfall of Microsoft I don't know <laughs>
1: a man can fantasize. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. But that was a deal that's been... I mean, that was almost two years ago when they announced that they were trying to purchase Activision Blizzard.
0: So this is getting a little worrisome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh... I thought about this when they first announced it because if you have a PlayStation and you want to play an Activision Blizzard game, you might be SOL pretty soon. Yup. yep.
0: So that means they own World
1: of Warcraft now. Oh my god, not just World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, <laughs> Call of Duty... Right, but I mean, um, oh, Call of Duty, I forgot about Call <laughs> of Duty. Good lord. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Overwatch... Well, um, I mean, I, I knew they already
0: had Bethesda, but I mean, with the Blizzard stuff.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... With this, they did acquire Call of Duty Warcraft, Overwatch, and Candy Crush. (laughs) Well, they got Candy Crush? Yeah. No. Which I know some of you gamers might be like, who cares? It's Candy Crush. Candy Crush is like one of the biggest grossing games of all time at this point.
0: If you you play any app games on your phone, you've probably played Candy Crush. At some
1: point in time, yeah. Now, I'm looking at this on an article from Polygon. And apparently, okay, they signed a deal in UK markets signing some of the cloud gaming rights over to Ubisoft. And they also signed deals with PlayStation, Nintendo, NVIDIA, and others promising that Call of Duty would not be made console-exclusive. Okay. And in some cases, some other Activision Blizzard games. That sounds cool. But... They still have, you know, whether or not it's exclusive, they still have Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Guitar Hero, Starcraft, Tony Hawk, Crash Bandicoot, and Spyro, which were once considered Sony mascots. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But this is not new news. I mean, like, we're not breaking no, news no, here. No, they've no. been, like I said, they've been talking about this deal for about 21 months now. It finally well, closed I mean, it at like. It,
0: it could have fallen through, though.
1: Yeah. It, it could have. Um, they closed the what? deal at $68.7 billion. Say,
0: could you say that for me one more time?
1: <laughs> $68.7 billion with a B with ab dollars
0: I am literally
1: in shock right now. I mean,
0: like, you know, I'll I'll say that I'm in shock or, you know, oh, that shook me or what I am. To anyone oh. who's
1: listening, that silence only sounded like half a second because I use a software that edits out silences in our podcast. That was a good 15 second long silence after I said that number before Baron was able to talk again.
0: <laughs> they spent 7.5 billion on the Bethesda deal. Uh huh.
1: Look, I know to you and me, Bethesda was like the huge deal, right? Fallout, Elder Scrolls. Right,
0: right. But
1: they just got Call of Duty and Candy Crush. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Which isn't the big of deal to gamers like you and me, but that's fucking huge. But hey, to anyone who has an Xbox or has a PC and and pays for Game Pass, you're going to have some cool new games hitting Game Pass for you, I guess. But honestly, when it comes to being a consumer, anything that comes closer to the end of competition is never good news. The more things that end up under one name, that's just worse and worse news for the consumer.
0: It's a lot of money. It
1: is a lot of money. It's a crazy amount of money. I guess one good thing to come out of it, they are talking about bringing back Guitar Hero. which could be neat. neat. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a thing that's happening. All
0: that money went to people who probably already have billions of dollars.
1: Yeah, no, they definitely didn't go to, like, the workers at Blizzard Activision. Who are probably just going to get laid off. A large amount of them, at least. One of these days, we'll be back to the good news, Baron. It'll happen. (laughs) Is there, like, a
0: porn convention or something that we could go cover? (laughs) I don't know.
1: I don't research those. We we could try to find one. That's got to be a geek thing, right? Yeah. So, hey, to a very, look, a geek is anyone who has an obsession with something that is not socially accepted as mainstream. So I think someone who would attend a porn convention, sure, that's a geek.
0: But then we get into the dark, nasty side of
1: porn. Yeah.
0: And how
1: fucked up it is. You want to talk about some bad news. (laughs) (laughs) New York Comic Con just recently happened. And no one was trampled and, and there was no no one stole a pallet full of cards. And as far as I know, there's there's no bad news out of New York Comic-Con. I bet I could find something.
0: <laughs> I bet I could find something just nasty, nasty news out of the New York City Comic-Con. There was probably someone horrible there, more than likely. Probably one of the celebrities. Yeah. Like, like maybe a celebrity that shouldn't have a platform anymore, but yeah, there he is, right there, getting autographs.
1: Mm. Like fucking Sniper Wolf? What the fuck? Did you hear about this? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. For anyone who doesn't know sniper wolf basically did a bunch of stuff didn't credit a whole bunch of creators so jack's films came out and was like hey if you're not going to credit these these creators i am so here's what they did and then sniper wolf on an instagram live just showed up in front of jack's film's house and was like this is his house and just doxed him on instagram live because this is the world we live in
0: this is the hand that we're given (laughs) Um oh am I not am I not allowed to quote Phil Collins now? You absolutely was, are. You true.
1: absolutely are. I just wasn't gonna continue it. I just Okay
0: <laughs> Man, you're just making it worse and worse.
1: <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Here's something that is bad news for Drew Barrymore, but good news for her writers. And good news, wait. You go ahead and do your thing. I'll do my
0: thing afterwards because I, I think it's related, but it's not the same thing.
1: I mean, probably. I mean, I'm just saying that they have declined to return to her show.
0: Uh, right, well, yeah, I heard that. Well, and it, it's just the head writers, right?
1: As far as I know, the three head writers, the writers, like the main head writers. But without those three writers, well,
0: I, you know, what? hold on. I, I, I bet that there's a bunch of other writers that aren't going to show up either. Right. But just the head writers are getting the
1: news. Right. It's probably that.
0: My news is that Drew Barrymore is no longer hosting the National Book Awards ceremony. Oh, snap. Yeah. She uh, she has been replaced. You want to know by who?
1: I absolutely want to know
0: who. Mr. Reading Rainbow himself. What? LeVar Burton. Hell yeah.
1: Give Which it to LeVar.
0: Like- which is like why is Levar Burton not hosting every single one of those?
1: I mean, I'm just going to assume it's his schedule. I'm going to assume they ask him every year and like every year he's just like, "No, I've got a thing." And like this particular time they just begged him extra hard and he went, "You know what? All right. I'll be there."
0: That has to be it, honestly.
1: I'm I'm finding it hard to hate Drew Barrymore on this because And this could be part of her plan. I mean, I might be falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. But a lot of what she's doing screams more of ignorance than malice. Like, she doesn't realize that what she's doing or what she did would be hurting people. And, like, she thought she was on the right side of things, and then... After she figured out she was on the wrong side of it, she was like, but I had contractual obligations and like, I'm sorry. And I didn't realize I'd be hurting this many people. But like I said, that could be me just falling for her, mm-hmm. her narrative. Yeah,
0: yeah, it could be. I mean, it doesn't change. Look, I, okay. Like I realized that a lot of these actors, they have publicists, they have people telling them what they should do. Mm hmm. And, you know, I, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, Drew Barrymore is Drew Barrymore and she's been kind of cool for, you know, pretty much her whole career. Right. They have people who who di- direct their actions because, right. you know, being, I don't even know how to word this, being, being as busy as like these actors are and stuff like that, they can't be in... They can't keep their mind in a bunch of different places at
1: once. There's no way they can they, be researching they, I, every social issue. I mean, correct. I don't have the time to research uh, I, every social issue. There's no way they do.
0: No. So, I mean, I, I obviously am, I am... It would be really easy for me to believe if it was like, look, she made a mistake because she was giving the wrong counsel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, I'm right there in your boat. It could be a ploy. It could be, you know... For just trying to garner sympathy, but at the same time it's like, it's a believable ploy. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying celebrities are stupid, but I mean they're kinda stupid. Yeah, there's a difference between
1: being unintelligent and and being ignorant on an issue. You know what I mean?
0: Correct. Correct. And I think and I think that when once you get to that level, there are a lot of things that you're ignorant of and you need people to tell you what's going on. Right. So like, you know, me, where, you know, I have time to get on the internet and check out a bunch of different issues and stuff like that. I might be more educated in terms of what's going on than your average celebrity. Right. Maybe not as as informed as that celebrity's advisors. Right. But, but yeah, I get it. God, it is a believable, a believable excuse. Yeah. Especially when it's like, especially when it's like one of those... You know, hey, and you know, I'm just going to paraphrase and I know we keep saying dumb and stupid and stuff like that. But it's basically, hey, I'm just dumb. I, I don't know about this stuff. I, I have people telling me what to do.
1: Right. Well, I, I think where I'm landing on it is a lot of these people who are doing fucked up shit during the strikes or just being fucked up in general. Like, for example, the Epic Games CEO who laid off a bunch of people. I can mm-hmm. straight up say, fuck that person. Yeah. Fuck that person and the things that they do and their garbage person. I'm not landing somewhere where I can say fuck Drew Barrymore, but I can say her actions were horrendous and I am on the side of her writers more than on the side of her, but yeah, she is redeemable.
0: Yeah, I don't think that this is a I don't think this is a, a thing where she needs to be blacklisted. Right. I don't think that this is a thing where she needs to be vilified for the rest of her career. Right. I think that she made a mistake and I think she owned up to it and I think that she, you know, went back on it. It's not like that they it's not like they were defending a predator or anything.
1: Right. I think it's important for us to to talk about that in this situation because a lot of times because we're doing a podcast and like we are recording for entertainment we can seem that we're very black and white about certain issues and we're all like fuck this guy and like this guy's awesome and but there are shades of gray here oh absolutely so yeah I guess until we just have to see how it plays out right and honestly there is a certain point where we are not personally wrapped up in the issue. We do not personally know the writers. We don't personally know Drew Barrymore. It might come down to it that it stays a shade of gray issue because there's no way for us to know the entirety of both sides or more yeah, stuff might come actually, out and make it a whole lot more clear.
0: <laughs> I, I will go, I will go on record too. Like when, when we talk about scabs and stuff like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you have like a big time writer, a big time actor who keeps working throughout a strike, yes, yeah, scab. You don't you don't need to be fucking doing this. You need to be supporting the strike. Mm-hmm. But you get like a small-time actor who is, or a small-time writer who is like literally starving because they can't work and they cave to the pressure and they scab. I'm having sympathy for that guy.
1: Yeah. Once again, I think it's still horrendous action. You know, you could have went to eat a Bob's Big Boy or something, got yourself a free meal but that person is still, like, redeemable. Like, it's like... I mean, if, You have some still apologies at, to make, and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, because, like, you got to take things into account. Like, you know, if they didn't have money to eat, they definitely didn't have money for gas.
1: Right. And if you're living in certain
0: areas, you know, maybe all you have is public transit, and you don't have the money to pay your, your bus... Yeah. ...or your train or whatever. Is, there's a lot of factors that go into this that there are, is. like...
1: It's a complicated issue. I know you and I, like I said, we a lot of times make it sound very black and white. Like, if you're a scab, fuck you. And if you do this, fuck you. Um, But there are, yeah, there are extenuating circumstances. But I will Uh, say there are still people out there who, if you do this, fuck you. Right. Like, we've said toward, I think it was season one, we were like, fuck scalpers. Mm -hmm. Right. And recently, the Van Gogh Museum did a collaboration with Pokemon and there were like some Van Gogh Pikachu cards where Pikachu had on a gray felt hat and it was like a promo card. And the museum was descended upon by scalpers to the point where they were out of cards day one and scalpers were selling the cards. And these were free promo cards. Like these These were not like you purchased cards and scalpers were already selling them for like $1,500 online after day one. So fuck those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Especially if the, especially if the museum was giving them away for free.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm now, I don't know if it was like free with ticket entry. Like you bought a ticket to the event and you got the free card or I don't know if it was a free entry to the museum and you got the free card anyway. I don't know, but I do know it got so bad to the point where they stopped reordering the promo cards like they were reordering them. And still giving out the free promo cards. But according to an article in Polygon, they withdrew the cards for safety concerns. That's fair. That's fair. And this is what they officially said. The Van Gogh Museum and the Pokemon Company International take the safety and security of visitors and staff very seriously. Recently, a small group of individuals has created an undesirable situation that has led us to take the difficult decision to remove the Pikachu with gray felt hat promo card from the museum. In this way, visitors will be able to experience the special collection of Pokemon paintings and the rest of the museum in a safe and enjoyable matter manner. The museum also said that the card will be made available for purchase at the Pokemon center online store at some point in time in the future.
0: You know what I think that they should do?
1: What's that? And
0: you know, and obviously they have the money to do. I think that they should get that promo card and pump so many of them out that they're worthless.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a good way to handle it. I think currently, we don't know how many they're going to be making available at the Pokemon Center online store.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying pump as many of them out to be worthless and give them away for free.
1: Right. Um, like screw it.
0: If a guy wants to come through and it's like, hey... I'll take all thousands of those cards. Okay, here you go. And we're going to post online that you have a thousand of these cards and you're charging $15,000 for it. Mm-hmm. Just fuck up the economy on these cards.
1: The only drawback that I see is the scalpers aren't out anything if they do that. Because if they were free cards to begin with, they they just aren't making money on the cards, but they aren't losing any money either. It's not like the people who go out and buy buy up all the booster boxes and then resell them for super amounts. And then like, for some reason those went became worthless. They're out all that money. Like the scalpers are out. Nothing, but a little bit of their time to claim those cards.
0: Well, how about they print a bunch of them and then take them to schools?
1: Yeah, that could be cool. And just like in an order is like a, a Van Gogh appreciation.
0: Mhm. Like so as part of your Van Gogh appreciation, if you got a, gra- uh, if you got a uh, grade card this year, you get a card. We all get grade cards. Oh, you get a card!
1: <laughs> that, that, I think, as of right now, saying that they're going to sell them on the Pokemon Center online store at some point in the future is a really good step because the people who can't afford to spend $1,500 on a card know that they're going to be available. And they won't buy it from a scalper and the kind of people who spending $1,500 on a card is no big deal to them. And they are still buying it from the scalpers. Well, kind of fuck those people anyway, because they're the ones who are stimulating the scalper economy. Yep. You're right. But knowing that they're going to be available on an online store soon enough, and they're not even saying that they're going to be extremely limited or anything like that is enough to stop most people from buying them from scalpers, I think, which is good news all on its own. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of the... Well, I think I've talked about Magic before. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of the economy that surrounds collectible card games. I know it's the nature of it. It's right in the name, collectible card games. Right. But it just, it just seems ridiculous to me this is you know it's it's not a game for kids per se right but this is a game that kids can enjoy but they can't because all of the cards are being taken by people who definitely have more money than them and then they're getting destroyed in, in these conventions and stuff because they don't have these cards because scalpers are getting them
1: well you say it's not a game for kids per se but pokemon is I mean Magic the Gathering necessarily isn't, but Pokemon is. Pokemon's made for kids. I mean, let's just let's just be real. I mean, yeah, I'm, adults I'm also, and teenagers enjoy it, but Pokemon is made for kids.
0: hmm I, yeah. I see your point. Yeah. But yeah. Just it's just um.
1: But you know what you can always get online at not scalper prices? Dice bombs with geekyclean.com. <gasps> The Handmade Monthly Dice Set Bath Bomb Subscription Box is the ultimate indulgence for dice enthusiasts and bath lovers alike. Every month, subscribers receive a curated, handmade, dice bath bomb, each with its own unique scent, color, and set of dice. These bath bombs are carefully crafted with high-quality ingredients, providing a relaxing and exciting soak every time. The colors and scents change each month, so subscribers never know what to expect
0: from vibrant hues to calming shades, and from sweet and floral fragrances to spicy and invigorating scents, the Dice Bombs change every month. And of course, the highlight of the subscription box is the different sets of dice. Each month, subscribers receive a new set of dice ready for their next adventure.
1: The Dice Bomb for October is poison caramel apple scented with bright green and black dice with gold glitter and bright green detailing inside. Each bath bomb also comes with a linen dice bag. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your subscription or any other order with our link or the discount code Guild Decree. So when it comes to card economies and everything like that, like you were just talking about, I think this is why it's good that some commander leagues are now allowing the use of proxies. So if you're the kind of person who wants to collect cards, you can collect cards. But if you're the kind of person who just wants to play the game, you can just use a proxy version of that card and not have to spend hundreds of dollars just to have a good deck. As far as I I know, it's not like official, you know...
0: No, yeah, you can't take them into an actual tournament or anything like that. Right. I'm a huge fan of proxy cards, because that really lets you just showcase your skill rather than... But then again, then you got a lot of people who are just getting proxies to make net decks, and I hate net decks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are positives and negatives you get like a whole room of people who are
0: just playing the same deck because it won a tournament. Yeah.
1: Right. That's another reason. I like the idea of having proxies for commander, but not for standard huh. because yeah. with commander, that's, that's usually a bunch of people goofing off anyway, right. because no matter how good of a commander deck you have, when you have a 100 card deck and every card in that deck has to be unique, you can't have any doubles chances of you putting together that same combo that that champion did are pretty fucking slim.
0: So if anybody wants to challenge me, I have a Xanathar deck waiting on you. <laughs> With two Xanathars in it, because that's just how it played out.
1: That's actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's a Xanathar. One is my commander, and the other one is a completely different Xanathar card. Right. And yep. <laughs> and if you know anything about me, Gildies. You you know that that deck is perfect and right up my alley. <laughs> no, not Xanathar. I'm saying that wrong.
1: No, it is Xanathar, right? Xanathar, the, the Beholder, right?
0: Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. no, no, no. No, 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 no. Nope. Xanagos is who I was trying to say.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So many, so many different Z names in my geeky world. Xanagos. Xanagos. There you go. Not Xanathar, though you could
1: have a Xanathar commander yeah. deck. That's why I and didn't even question it. I was like, okay, it's got Delightless Cubes in it? What's going on? <laughs> I am I am here for it. I, I think I might I think I think might do
0: it. I might do a Tasha deck, though. Is there a Tasha?
1: There's got to uh, be. There's got to be. Because... We both immediately went for Google.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. Because I'm a big fan of Tasha.
1: Yes, Tasha the Witch Queen. And she's I... a Planeswalker, which is... Extra good for commanders, but as long as we're talking about Magic the Gathering, and I know we were just kind of negatively talking about it, but a new secret layer is coming out uh, that is Princess Bride, really. So, yeah, you can get all the main characters from Princess Bride as Magic the Gathering characters real soon.
0: Are these official? Can you use these in like
1: tournaments and stuff? Yeah,
0: I, I mean, not like I care because I don't do tournaments and stuff, but you know, hey, one of our listeners might.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Now, there might be certain formats that ban secret layer cards. I don't know. I'm sure. Or they might ban certain cards because certain cards end up being powerful. I know a lot of people were concerned about the most one of the most recent secret layers being My Little Pony. And (laughs) yeah, and some of the My Little Pony cards would be like every card that has a smile gets this bonus.
0: More concerned of all the my little pony cars that are gonna get ruined in a jar somewhere.
1: <laughs> I wasn't gonna take it there, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Waterlogged cardboard. Oh boy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think I talked to you about this right after or during the episode where I covered what I saw at Gen Con. And they're also coming out with a lot of really cool new sets. They just came out with a Doctor Who set. We all know about the Lord of the Rings set that came out not long ago. They're coming out with a Fallout set. Oh, okay. And they're coming out with an Assassin's Creed set.
0: I think they're a little crazy with this. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing something that's like they're calling it Secret Lair. Yeah. So it, it's like distinctly different where it's like we are clearly just taking IPs and making these cards. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the world of Magic: The Gathering, D and D. They could kind of be like, this is just another plane in the world of Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. But then it's like Fallout. It's like I don't know how this corresponds. <laughs> they could do Elder Scrolls real easy. Yeah, as a world in you know a plane in the world of Magic: The Gathering. But yeah,
1: Which well, I'm I mean, I think you. when they oh. did, I think when they did Fortnite, all bets were off.
0: Oh, God, I didn't hear about that.
1: Yeah, they did Fortnite. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's why I was no, I wasn't surprised when they were like, yeah, My Little Pony. I was like, yeah, well, they did Fortnite. So and every other set I hear they're like, oh, they're going to do this. I'm like, well, they did Fortnite. So once you got a card that says Battle Bus on it,
0: I feel like I feel like the little girl that's been going around on uh, memes and stuff Mm -hmm. covered in white powder, just going jesus christ (laughs) because yeah that's that's just how i feel right now
1: (laughs) right you know that i'm not a biggest fan of wizards of the coast right now and a lot of the shit they've been doing but we are talking about magic the gathering and some of the cool shit they're going to be doing i want to be excited about planescape so bad but i also know i'm not going to be buying any of these books
0: I, I j- they burned me way too many times. Sorry. Yeah. I was excited about it, too, before I got the Dragonlance books.
1: Yep. Because Planescape is now coming. It's been officially announced. Uh, Brendan Lee Mull- Mulligan did a nice little thing about it.
0: You know, that just proves to me right there that Wizards of the Coast knows they fucked up somewhere.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If they're like, yeah, let's go hire this guy. The community seems to like him.
0: I think that if they can prove to me that they're going to fucking change some shit up, I might give them another chance. But as of right now, no, I can't. Yeah. can't.
1: And I'm not ready for another miss the mark apology.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: We really missed the mark when we hired the Pinkertons to kick down somebody's door.
0: (laughs) Such a mark. Such a mark, and we missed it. Oh, man. Chucky. Chucky darn.
1: I don't even know if they ever released an apology about that one.
0: Oh no. No 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 no. No. They let they let the YouTuber take care of that. Yeah. Cuz I'm pretty sure that they got the fallout from all that, compensated the YouTuber in some way and the YouTuber was like, "No, I'm cool."
1: Yeah, it wasn't that bad.
0: Yeah. Nope.
1: But nope. I never They're- I never played a campaign in Planescape and it sounds really cool and like I want to be excited about it, but What's the point of being excited about it if I'm not going to buy the books and do it anyway?
0: I actually found my old AD and D Planescape books. Yeah. So I don't need fifth edition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, yo ho,
0: yo ho. But again, I don't know if I feel like yo hoing even on top of that because I was so disappointed in the Dragonlance book. Yeah, I was. They had like one thing in there that was cool. One thing. But then it's like, the rest of it is an adventure. I don't want a fucking adventure book. I want a fucking source book. Right. That I thought this was going to be. But I guess I should have looked at the name and been like, okay, it doesn't say Fizzband's Guide to Crin or anything. Mm-mm, it's just dragons.
1: So,
0: yeah, so. And even that, Fizzband's Guide to Dragons. It's like, it's not even Crin Dragon. It's not just Crin Dragons, my dude.
1: Yeah. I feel like yes. if they had followed that up, like, okay, you know how for the expanded, expanded source books, I think is what they call the, that set, where it's Volos, Tasha's, Xanathar's, Mordenkainen's, right? Mm-hmm. If they had followed up fizzbands with, like, let's say two other characters from Dragonlance kind of expanding the Dragonlance universe... I still wouldn't have liked it because it's like, okay, you're milking this. This could have been a book and you're making us buy three. But at least we still would have got it. Yeah. Whereas ending it after Fizzbands is just kind of like, where's the rest of it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I honestly miss, I miss the days where we got source books for each world. Hell, actually, Faerun got one just for the Sword Coast.
1: Yeah, that's true. It wasn't a big book. You know, what I mean, no, it was, it's probably no. the thinnest of all the source books, but still it's there.
0: Yeah, they proved that they can do it.
1: Mm-hmm. What was the name for them back in the day? Like the splat books, like the little tiny ones that were they could still do that. We'd still buy yeah. them. Well, yeah. maybe not now, but we would have.
0: Well, I mean, if they started before they fucked splat books, up. If they started doing splat books again, I probably would. I, I, I that's another thing I miss is like the complete guide to elves and the complete guide to halflings, mm-hmm. fighters, rogues. The complete book of rogues is fucking amazing. I love that book.
1: Right. <sighs> I think they're afraid of alienating their new audience.
0: There's another thing too, is they think that if they release small books like that, they'll have to charge less and they won't make as much.
1: Mm hmm. which Which is like they would they would have to charge less but they definitely would make billionaire that's such a
0: billionaire way to look at things though yeah it's like if i don't get as much money if i don't get this much then i'm not but it's like you got to look at your percentage you're not going to put in as much to a small book so you're still making the same percentage of stuff and you're increasing goodwill
1: And honestly, they're not even really... If that's the case, they're not even looking at it in the long term. Because, like, you could sell these books twice. And there are people who would buy them twice. Because let's say they do... Like, let's use the example that you just said. The complete guide to elves and the complete guide to halflings and the complete guide to all these different races, right? Then once Mm -hmm. you've printed them all, you print them again in a big hardcover book and it's the complete guide to all of these. Like, the complete collection... And people are going to buy it again.
0: You know what I think that they should do is this is what I think that they should do. They have an adventure that they're ready to put out. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it's a Planescape adventure. So one year, one year they could devote or even you know what? Half the year. So they have this one adventure that they're going to devote half the year to throughout that year. They release a source book. They release. I I don't know, a guide to the races, a guide to the heritages, something. Mm -hmm. Three guidebooks that are all just lore and background and just familiarization with the world that this adventure is set in. So you get people all pumped up for that adventure, and then you're like, boom, here's the adventure with some more choice stuff in there. You know, this is a special background that is going to come with this because it's relevant to the game. And there's a new character, or a- here's some magic items. That's the other thing, too, is like, I, I guess I-, I don't really know so much about the adventures because I haven't gotten to run them, mm-hmm. but they should have special, unique magic items that they're putting in each
1: of these adventures. That is one Number thing they one. definitely do do. Okay. They yeah. definitely do do that. As a matter of fact, on D&D Beyond, when you... Look at the adventure on D and D Beyond. Let's say you want to buy an adventure. Instead of buying the adventure, you can buy what do they call it in D and D Beyond? I, I don't want to like misspeak here, but basically you can buy all of the items and backgrounds and races without buying the adventure, and it's cheaper than buying the the whole book. Oh, okay. Um,
0: that's a that's a good way to utilize D and D Beyond.
1: Yeah. So like you can still create a character. And like give them those items and give them those options without necessarily having to buy the entire adventure to add those items to your library.
0: hmm Also say that they completely missed the mark on Kender in the Dragonlance game. But that's just me being a big Dragonlance.
1: Okay. So yeah, they call it compendium content. So you can get the whole book for thirty bucks. Or you can get the compendium content for twenty bucks. Or for and I'm I'm looking at uh, Baldur's Boulders Gate Descent to Avernus, by the way, as my example. The whole book is thirty, the compendium content is twenty, and then you could get like just the magic items. So there's twelve magic items in that book. And you can get just the magic items for six bucks. Okay. So if you don't want the whole compendium content at like the twenty bucks with like all of the Which, by the way, the compendium content includes the new backgrounds, the monsters, the vehicles, and the magic items. And you can also buy each one of those things individually, which is, you know, good for D&D Beyond. Like, that's, I don't want to buy this whole book, but I really want this magic item from this book. I can buy this one magic item for two bucks. Right. That's neat, I guess. I want to say that's neat, but at the same time, it's just microtransactions, which I fucking hate.
0: Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're right. You just ruined it all for me.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. I opened your eyes is what I did. I didn't ruin it for you. Okay, that's fair. They had their hooks in you for like half a second, and I I, right. I, pulled you back into reality. You're absolutely right. I can't even deny that. And look, I, I did pull up D&D Beyond. The first page, main page D&D Beyond, there's Brennan Lee Mulligan talking about Planescape.
0: Look, Brennan... I trust you. I do. I, and the only reason why I say I trust him, now, granted, you know, again, it could just all be a, a face that he's putting on. It could be not real, whatever. But he seems to be very, very anti-capitalist ploys.
1: I mean, you know the I mean? the BBEG in every one of his campaigns is capitalism.
0: Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I trust you, Brendan Lee Mulligan. Mm-hmm but you're also a DM and you might like adventure books. I don't know. I want to trust him so much. So next bit of info here, especially after my rant last week, I didn't have time to look up another billionaire so that I could, you know, mess this one up too. Oh, is
1: this your nemesis of the week?
0: This is my, no, no. Well, I feel like if he was that we, we won.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Um, Unity CEO John Ricatelio Ricatelio, There we go. Steps down after the price up, pricing blow up. Uh, the via Wired, he uh, apparently. Oh, so the
1: thing where they were gonna charge like per download or whatever,
0: mm-hmm. or per
1: install. Okay, Hmm. I'm with you. So,
0: yeah, so he is stepping down and retiring.
1: And part of me wants to say fuck yeah, but another part of me is just like, that just means he gets to go jo- enjoy his millions yeah. or billions of dollars or whatever it is. And... Yeah,
0: which it, we all know that's how it was always going to go. Right. We do. But I think that we got the best possible scenario out of that in getting this guy out.
1: Yeah, because we weren't going to get like the Nintendo thing of taking a cut to his own salary in order to better pay people or making better decisions. Like the Correct. best case scenario in this particular one is just like, go away.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause
1: that's you're not going to do better.
0: That's all we're going to get. But yeah. So, I mean, I guess good news for you, for unity people. I'm very sure that they're going to be walking back a lot of those policies that he enacted. Sure. I know that they said that they needed to, you know, they, they didn't say this directly, but they definitely missed the mark.
1: Um. <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same guy who, after he took over, was like, we could charge for reloads in Battlefield. Like, we could charge microtransactions (laughs) where if someone's out of bullets, they could pay 50 cents. (laughs) I'm going to look that up because somebody definitely said that, and I want to say it's the same guy.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: Yes. Yes, it's oh. the same guy he wanted to charge one dollar per reload in Battlefield when he when he was EA's CEO. And then later he became Unity CEO and wants to charge per install on these fucking games in the Unity engine. The fuck. Same guy. Same guy.
0: He might have a better chance pushing a respawn charge. I bet <laughs> I bet I I, I I don't think the people would go for like the whole reload thing. But I bet there's plenty of people out there that would go for a respawn thing.
1: Here's the thing. Nothing screams I don't understand video games like a guy wanted to charge a microtransaction for a fucking reload.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I will I will happily nominate this guy as nemesis of the week and take the win against him that he just fucking got out of the way. That he basically got bullied out of his position. The uh, I, fuck?
0: yeah. Sorry, I just found out that Pathfinder 2 is trending on Twitter. And, you know, since we're podcasting and we're a geek podcast podcast. Yeah.
1: Why is it trending? I don't know. <laughs> Let's find that out.
0: But there's like a lot of cool stuff that is kind of popping up here. I've been a fan of Pathfinder since it came out, which is really no surprise considering third edition is still my favorite edition. Mm-hmm. Now, Pathfinder 2 isn't, you know, the same anymore but it's kind of like it's still the you know the same company and stuff.
1: Right. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad about 2E. Like when D&D 4E came out, everyone was ready to tell you why it was a sucky edition.
0: I'm ready to tell you right now.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't heard anything bad about Pathfinder 2E. Nope.
0: Nope. I I've been really wanting to oh my god, someone drew like a little goblin with a helmet and face guard. Mm -hmm. So I've said it before, I love Pathfinder goblins. Right. I love Pathfinder goblins. But yeah, that guy.
1: Yeah, those big wicked smiles they have Mm -hmm. are fucking great.
0: I will say that for me, the price is a little prohibitive. The the prices for the main core book and everything like that. But you're getting a lot with it. So What, what kind I mean, of prices I
1: mean, are we looking at?
0: What, well, you actually, you know what? Let me see what it is now. It may have changed.
1: Uh.
0: Oh, it's only $38 at this place. I, as far as I remember, I thought it was like 60 bucks. Right. And I know you, Guildmaster Rick, you're going to be like, well, if you really look at it, <laughs> a lot of video games are being sold for 60 bucks and you're going to get a lot more more use out of a TTRPG hours and hours and hours of more use than you would a video game
1: shut up that was a great impression
0: (laughs) thank you not necessarily how you sounded but how you sounded right um (laughs) but yeah i think that they are normally 60 bucks it's it's just a lot, like especially like for me. I, I mean, I'm I'm poor guys. I'm poor. I, I don't. I would love to enjoy this game, but even the player, like you know, the player handbook that is usually smaller than the core book and a lot cheaper. Nope, it's also sixty bucks normally. But if it's a
1: good game, it's a good game. I'm also trying to see. Apparently, there was a beginner box for the second edition. I'm trying to see how much that is, but apparently it's out of stock everywhere. Like, it's out of print, the beginner box for 2E.
0: But I'm also kind of seeing a lot of places are, like, selling them on the cheap, so I may just start ordering from other places.
1: The beginner box PDF is only 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I know you're a big fan of beginner boxes, but I want want them.
1: No, I, I get that. I completely understand that. I was just thinking of, for listeners, like... Oh, what is word. the what is the cost of entry and beginner boxes are usually a pretty good, you know, yeah. low cost Just of entry. And stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, because they usually give you everything you need, including like a little adventure to run and maps and a whole bunch of really cool stuff. But and I think this is the last thing we had on the docket of things we definitely wanted to talk about tonight. Speaking of collector's boxes, sort of Scott Pilgrim, 20th anniversary Next year, coming out with a whole collector's box for the graphic novels. I'm for that. Yeah, you, seem, need, you I... seem to be excited about it. Yeah, I need, I need it. I need it. Looking at an article from Gizmodo, it looks like there's going to be two different versions released in hardcover next year. One in color and one in the original black and white. Okay. So you'll be able to get the whole thing... In hardcover, in a box, in your choice of the original black and white or full color. Cool. And I got to say, the box looks really cool. It uses like a PlayStation 2 style font for the SP20 on their Scott Pilgrim 20th anniversary. And if you've never read these graphic novels, please do it. They're mm-hmm. fucking amazing. If you're listening to our podcast you've never read these graphic novels, these things are a love letter to geeks like us. From yeah. beginning to end.
0: Indeed. And it, it's it's only appealing more and more to the younger generations as The Spawn is really into it now.
1: Yeah. I will say if you've never read it or never watched the movies or anything like that, Scott Pilgrim may be the protagonist of the series, but for the majority of the series, Scott Pilgrim is a piece of shit person and not meant to be a role model.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So <laughs> it's a series about two pretty toxic people that start a pretty toxic relationship to the point that it literally kills the people around them so don't be one of those guys who reads it and goes i'm just like scott or you know the same kind of people who watch batman and be like oh yeah i want to be just like the joker because the joker was right it's like no he's pretty toxic or i want a relationship like joker and harley quinn that's pretty toxic don't be the guy who's like i want a relationship like scott and ramona it's it's pretty fucking toxic (laughs) Right, <laughs> and we yeah, all know think- there's something else coming out that Scott Pilgrim soon that I can't talk about, but maybe after a certain strike is completely done,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. <laughs> I, I I will also say too that I got in a big conversation with Spawn, and we were pretty sure like the only non toxic person in that in the, the movie at least in the movie mm-hmm. we originally said knives, but I think that we went and we said Kim instead. Yeah. Because even Knives kind of did her thing in that movie where it was just like, yeah, yeah.
1: Victim blaming. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but then Kim, Kim, Kim is definitely holding on to some resentments. Yeah. But but not acting. But not yeah, yes. She's not like toxically acting out on those resentments. Like she's
0: actually trying to use those resentments and try to guide Scott in the right
1: direction. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. Yes. But with that, I think we're going to call this an episode. So email us at castersguild.com. Tell us what other ridiculous shit that John Riccatello, Riccatiello, or whatever his name is, said that we can laugh about I'm because sure a dollar per reload.
0: <laughs> or, you know what? Just make up some funny things that he could have thought of.
1: Yes. Make us great. T- tell us something that you think he said. <laughs> Make it up on the spot.
0: It, it, you know what? You guys do that. We will take the best one and we will guild decree it into canon.
1: <laughs> that he said it. That it was, oh, my God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we haven't used a guild decree in a while. Yeah, I that, think that that's a perfect use used. for
1: one. Yep. <laughs> in oh, fact, man.
0: actually, you know what? I really, really think that this next podcast is going to be our season finale
1: yeah good chance so of that Get in there get, get it in, in there, quick
0: get it in and we will pick the best one and on our season finale we will make that canon and we will credit you with the idea
1: so yeah, email us castersguild at gmail.com get us those uh unity ceo quotes or uni- former unity ceo i guess now that he's stepping down Join us on the Caster Skill Discord. That's where all the fun stuff is happening. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Pay $1 for a bonus episode.